Hey friends, it's Abigail Avisi. Welcome back to Judgment Free Zone. We need vulnerability and empathy now more than ever. I hope you are able to find room for more curiosity, self-compassion, and empathy for yourself and others while you're here. I show up so you can too. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, I have a guest, Adam here, and he's the founder of The Family Game that inspires what if questions with your children, kids with their peers. It's really such an amazing thing. I have nothing bad to say about the game. I am literally like so honored and thrilled to have you on. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is awesome. Um, How did so, you find out about the game, by the way? Okay, so that's what I was going to bring up next. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, so I don't know you, but you know Aaron Lehman. Oh, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I don't uh, know. He's how one of my childhood best friends. We've known each other since like third grade. Like I've literally, his parents are my parents. Like we grew up together. His siblings are my siblings. Um, I talked to his sister, Angela, yesterday. So I'm, I'm, Aaron is, he would be my person if we were allowed to choose people. Oh, that's awesome. See, and that's, I didn't know that. So that's how I found yeah. you is Aaron was, um, he was my high school communications teacher. What? You yeah. went to Kellis? Yeah. Did you, did I come speak in your classroom? I mean, maybe. <laughs> he used to have me come in and speak to his students about um, some stuff I was doing when I was a motivational speaker. Um, so like Bacanzi, um, I came in and, you know, do you, were you that year? those kids Pekanzi, um, so I graduated in uh, 09 Emily, Joe. Uh, yeah so it's been so long it really yeah, has so been. I was, you know, it used to make me tell this really terrible dating story about this first date I went on where I, I puked on my date and he would make me tell the class and well, uh, I need to hear the story now no 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 no, no. <laughs> this, this is not uh I know we're talking about vulnerability today but this is it's a great way to just go right into well, it the next time you have me on, uh, I'll share. Okay. All right. You'll ease into the vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. You got to <laughs> earn that. You got to earn vulnerability. I think that's what Brené says. Yeah, she does. She's amazing. And I have quotes for you later on her. I couldn't nice. pick. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. I know. She's just so I good. I, actually, I didn't know you went to Kellis. That's awesome. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I would have. Did you go to Sun Valley? I did. So did I. That's where I knew Aaron from. Oh, We went my. to Sun Valley. When it was first built and then his mom was my school counselor and then he moved their whole family moved and he ended up going to cactus instead of peoria but i would have gone to kellis if it had been built back a but you went to peoria ago. i did sun valley my brother went there Ooh, but i'm like a thousand years older than your brother my brother is i'm i'm 31 my brother is seven years older than i am oh i mean what's his name aaron well conus that's a long last name and I do not know him. Yeah. It's a pretty intense name. No, I did. I did theater. I was kind of a nerd in high school. Gold key or uh, what was it? Blue, not blue key. Key club. I did key club and I did theater. It was not. I don't even know what that is. No. <laughs> theater. Theater is where theater, I know you theater. get on stage and you understand. Right. Right. That one I know, but um, his, so Andy's wife, Andrea, she was my teacher as well. Yeah. So Andrea, I Andrea. know we grew up, we grew up, it's fine. It's, she answers. She the gets role. it all the time. Yeah. Uh, we grew up in church together. So I've known her since junior high. 
we went to the same youth church youth group. So when she had her first date with Andy, she called me and said, Hey, I'm going to, I met this guy, Andy, I'm going to go to his house and bring him cookies, but I don't know what to talk about. Will you come with as like a buffer and uh, hang out? So we, I went over to the house and she made these brownies and they were terrible. Oh um, my gosh. We all just sat around the kitchen table catching up because I've known Andrea. We went to NAU together. So her and I have been close for quite a while. Wow. So, again, it's like enmeshed me and that family. So yeah, I still like I get the names wrong because I still feel like I have this like authority figure issue where like even though I'm 31 years old, I can't like call them by their names. <laughs> I get a beer with my seventh grade English teacher and I still call him Mr. Phelan because I he's like, it's Mike, man. We're having a beer. And I'm like, I don't I don't know how to do that. So was like Steve Gross and Rick Penny there when you like at Sun Valley when you guys were there? No, uh, Miss Manzaline was there. She's been there, was there for a long time. Uh, Miss Pickerel was there um, when I was there. But these are all people that have probably yeah. retired a couple yeah. of times. That's so. I'm, I'm 40. I'm 41. So I'm a little bit older than. Yeah, that's so crazy that you went. I didn't even know that Aaron went to Sun Valley. So he did. He went to Sun Valley until like fourth or fifth grade. And then he went over um, to feed into cactus. Well, so. That's so awesome. Thanks for sharing yep. that with me. That's so cool. The so, West Valley in Phoenix, man. I know it, it really does. Community. It's just like, you know, like once you, if you've lived here your whole life, everybody ends up being like intertwined and connected. So <laughs> that's why I moved downtown. I moved all the way downtown to get away from all that. Yeah. I moved West. So I'm out in surprise. So it's not as bad, but right. then I started working at Dutch bros. So I brought it upon myself because now everybody knows me from there. So right. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> you no, just I run into it. everybody. So, so funny. but the drive log game. So I bought it for my family and my kids, literally like nine out of 10. When we get in the car, I have four kids, all girls. Yeah. And wow. they want to play this game. Well, yeah, that conversation. They like to talk. I love it. It's amazing. And I'm going to get, I want to know all the details, but before mm-hmm. I get all those details for you, I ask the question, to all my guests what the gift of them is yep so i would love to hear what your gift is yeah that's a great question and to be honest i feel like gifts evolve over time so what i would have said my gift is a long time ago is probably different than today my my gift is really allowing people to be themselves around me and that's something i really value and i've found that i've had other people tell me that and i didn't think anything about it because I just assume everyone's that way. But really just letting people be them is my gift. I um, love that. Yeah. I had someone tell me that last week. They were like, you know, you um, let people just you're, meet them where they are. Yes. And I, I, I find that to be what I think is, was health, normal and healthy. But it just seems like there's so many ways we hide ourselves nowadays. So. Yeah, no, that I think that that's awesome. That's a beautiful gift. And I can totally relate to that things changing as we evolve too. And you just yep. add to your gifts. Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me all about Drivealog. How did you even get, like, where did this inspiration come from? Yeah, that's a really great question. So it was originally, so I was a terrible student. My, I had referrals. I was a discipline problem, 
but not because I didn't care. It was because I was uh, pretty much an undiagnosed attention deficit kid. I just was active. I was hyperactive. I was hyperverbal. I would interrupt people. I would just, you know, go around and touch all my fellow students <laughs> whenever I was done. And so I became a teacher when I got older and it made me a really good teacher. In fact, I was a director of special ed for a number of years for a high school in the Valley. And as I started working with youth and hearing all of these tragic depression, anxiety, stress stories, um, Arizona became number two in the nation for teen suicides for a little bit. And I, I had left, I had resigned from teaching to start my own educational consulting firm. And I was working with schools and thought, what can I do to get families to talk again? No one's talking. So everyone's on their device, right? They're all just like, mm, and that's it. So how can I really bridge that gap? And to be fair, it wasn't like me and my family talked a ton, but I always valued those communication times with my family. And so I wanted to get new families to do that. So we came up with drive a lot. Like, how do we ask questions in the car? There's a, a research article that says kids will talk for longer and stronger if they aren't forced to make direct eye contact. So the car is a perfect time to just sit and listen. And you can look out the window and you can talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about in depth. Yeah. So that was the, that was the idea. Um, and then I just started working on questions. And then they actually were good questions. And I was like, this is great. Um, and then I approached a friend who was a designer and said, what do you think? And she goes, let's try it. And so I did the classic entrepreneurial thing where I maxed out all my credit cards and it swung for the fence and printed these up and got all excited about it. And it's still exciting. We won some awards. Um, we were been on TV across the country a couple of times. So oh, yeah. you can hear my dogs. I know. sounds like the mailman's there. Must be. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that was kind of the initial launch of Drivealog. Now we've got an app that we've created this last January that came out for Google and for iPhone or for Android and iPhone. Um, and so you yes, can play the it. app and swipe the cards, which is cool. Um, and that way I can come out with new cards quicker than I could have printing them and doing all that. Yeah. It's amazing. Podcast over. We're done. Like, all right. <laughs> It's just so good. I love it. I mean, I am, I really, again, like I love having conversations and those deep conversations with my kids and yep. what, like, what would you say well, to parents who were you going to say something? Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's a lot of parents who don't know what they're supposed to ask and they don't remember from their childhood, what their parents talked to them about or mm -hmm. what they didn't and should have and all of that. So the other, the second concept of the cards was just to get people to go, oh, I should probably ask, like, if someone comes to the bus stop and says, I'm friends with your mom, don't get in the car. Because yeah. <laughs> I grew up during stranger danger days of don't get in the van. But yeah. nowadays we, we call a stranger from our phones to pick us up and take us down the road. So, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, I actually just had that conversation with my daughter yesterday about like, hey, I know that we, you know, we are, we do talk a lot, but I told her, I was like, sometimes it's hard for me to remember. I'm an adult now and you're learning everything as you go. So if you come across stuff that you don't know, don't just assume, like be curious, ask questions and bring it to me. Cause we oh, yeah. do as adults, we forget the things that were taught to us or even not taught to us. Totally. 
but my question was going to be is like, what do you, what would you say to parents who do really want that like respect part of like looking in your eyes? Like, how would you handle that or, you know, encourage parents to not feel like it's disrespectful? So what we've learned is, especially with this generation of kids growing up right now, is they've got really high anxiety and stress levels. And if you look at the world today, of course they do. It makes a lot of sense. They're being exposed to mature adult material online every day with an mm -hmm. underdeveloped brain. So they are exposed with a lot and have no way to process it. And we don't know how to process it because we were exposed to a lot less or different things when we were younger. So I have to keep reminding parents that when you force them to make that direct eye contact, you're actually sending up some of that oxytocin and those stress hormone chemicals into their brain and they're going to shut down. So if you want to talk to them, you can't do both. You can't raise those stress chemicals and then expect to have a good conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when we get angry and we fight with our spouse or with a friend and we're screaming and yelling, we never use eloquent words, right? <laughs> we're always using just the base level, screw you, screw, no, screw you. Yeah. No, screw. And it's because our lizard brain is in charge, right? Right. And so our, our long-term memory, our, our memory of all the good words we know is shut down. And that's what we're doing to our kids. When we say, you got to look at me in the eye or nope, you got to shake their hand or, and they're still heightened. The only thing that can bring down that stress chemical is time and water. So if you want to have those hard conversations with your kids, give them time, give them water. Um, and then we say it's about 10 touches. So uh, if you want to talk to your kid about sex, sitting down and making, taking them to Prescott for the day and then talking, like when you get there, you get coffee and everything and you look them in the eye and you give them the sex talk that's going to go a lot worse than if you casually bring it up in conversation 10 different times so they get more comfortable talking about it if that makes sense oh I, it makes absolute sense to me i mean we we got books <laughs> we got tons of things so we are very open in our house about all of that and we have my oldest is just starting to go through puberty and we make we make jokes all the time like on tv you know what i mean like oh that's hormones <laughs> like when the guy and girl like each other yeah. like oh there it is so my kids are oh. very open about it but the whole you know stranger danger thing is I mean, it's intense, like trying to figure out where the boundaries are with phones and, you know, just the ability that, you know, just like you had previously mentioned about, you know, our generation, like we were, you know, our parents were telling us about the vans, but now, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day that they were getting nude pics with their teenage daughter from somebody they didn't even know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. I mean, and I, when I was teaching high school, I would have students who rode the city bus and they would have like people expose themselves to them on the bus mm -hmm. which was obviously horrifying and uh illegal all that and but it's happening online so much more often to kids yeah that it's if we aren't talking to our kids about it at really young ages then we're missing out yeah um i've asked in auditoriums of kids like how many of you have been approached by someone online that you didn't know and every hand goes up oh. and it's like so it's not about if it's about when. when, and if we aren't talking about it, we're ignoring it. And if we're ignoring it, we're doing our kids a really big disservice. Yep. Yeah. My daughter, again, my oldest, um, she got approached. She had a 
piano game. Have you seen that? You know, there are those games that you yep. just play. Yep. And I do love Amazon, the Amazon Fire tablets are, yep. they're really good. They are like super locked down. And we were, of course, it, one of them broke. And so we were like, okay, like maybe we'll just like up it. You know what I mean? We'll get the, and no, they are it. I don't care what anyone says. Like they are not locked down. The Amazon Fire, I will give five stars to. But we went up to like the Android one and she had the piano game. And I could not believe that somebody had approached her on a kid piano game asking her like what her hair color was. And I was like, honestly, like what the, <laughs> like yeah, what? I know. You know? I know. And again, having well, those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. If we look at things like grooming and what we're seeing with grooming and kids, it's terrifying. So we really have to know what's going on. I mean, Yeah. I mean, I was, I actually just did, um, I, on my Instagram, I did like a whole polls on like, we're actually talking about grooming because I think when people, you know, mm -hmm. really think of grooming, they think about that sexual act of grooming, like an adult. But yeah. to me, it's uh, like, even in our movies, like these yeah. little nuggets of things that are happening, you know, the, yeah. um, it, it, I mean, even in the movies of like consent, like even Disney movies or the shorts that have been coming out lately, like there was a short that just came out that I don't know if you've seen it or are a Disney fan. I am a Disney fan. <laughs> I am, but I, I don't have Amazon. Like I don't have Disney plus or anything like that, but I am an editor. But there was a, a short that came out that I it had so much potential, in my opinion. It was talking about how, you know, our inner child can reflect our out like our adult selves if we're not dealing with it. And, right. you know, it was presented in a club, though, with the way that the the people are dressed and, you know, the the relationships that are going on in the background of this bar of this girl 20 turning 21 and how many kids are watching this. And I was yep. like, oh, my gosh, it has so much potential. And then it like that just like killed me that it had all that going on. Well, it's like when I was a kid and I watched Animal House and I thought that's the way college was going to be. And then I got to college and was like, eh, it's not quite like that. Or I guess it could be right. if I would have wanted it to be. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, I, my discussion was around a move, the movie Impossible. Have you seen that movie? it's a movie about a tsunami. So that happened in, I'm pretty sure it was Thailand in like 2011. And there's yep. like seven nudity, like seven images of nudity throughout the movie. And to sure. me again, like, you know, I had a lot of parents reaching out to me saying like, well, it wasn't the nudity that concerned me. It was more the traumatic events, which like is fair. Like I get that. But also sure. I felt like it's just these like breadcrumbs of saying like, Hey, this is what it is. And I was talking to my oldest about it. And she's like, it's not, you know, they weren't sexual scenes, but she's like, it's almost like my body should look that way, even though it was traumatic. It's totally. Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, these unsaid things that are just coming in and coming into our kids, that's definitely um, a bigger, much bigger issue that we aren't really dealing with, unfortunately, as a society. Right. And that's, I mean, what I to be fair, my background is there was eight years in my twenties where I worked at Ramuda Ranch eating disorder clinic. Hmm. And so I did a lot of work with body image and that kind of stuff. And so we can talk for three days about that. Oh my gosh. So. Well, I'm a, we're going to have to have you back on to talk about that. Seriously. I, I would sure. love to talk about that stuff with you as well. I mean, it's really important, yeah. and then, you know, having four daughters. Right. Right. It's, right. Uh, it's so and how do we, 
how do we find health amongst that, right? Like, how are we having those conversations about what is, what are you reading? But for me, the number one thing is our kids are resilient and our kids are, are thinking and seeing about a lot. They just need a place to discuss it. And that's what we're not giving them. And so when they're hiding it, when they're burying it, then that, that, that suppression of information turns into depression and depression usually comes out in anger and violence and those tragedies that we see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the time, even for myself and only speaking for myself, but you know, when something's going on with me, I'm not really looking for anyone's opinion. I'm just looking to be heard. And that's well, what and our you kids want, want your too. kids to go to you before they go to the guy asking them what their hair color is on the piano app, right? Right. But if you're, if you don't give them a voice in your home, they will find a voice somewhere else. Exactly. And that's what we have to really be just upfront and honest about. Mm-hmm. Where, where's their voice? Well, my voice is on Instagram. My voice is on TikTok. My voice is on Snapchat. Well, I'd much rather your voice be here with us. Um, that's one thing about the layman family. If you don't know about the layman's is I went to their house for dinner one time in high school and their mom and dad put a timer on the table and we each went around and talked for three minutes about the highs and the lows of our week. And I've never had an adult listen to me like that mm-hmm. as a kid. It was fascinating. Um, my parents listened to me, but we also like ate dinner in front of the tv and like did what i thought was normal and so having someone like five people in a family look at me and intensely listen to me for three minutes was i thought crazy but it's amazing how that can help yeah we do we do some something similar in our house we do um our favorite part of the day we do something we're thankful for we do one thing that we love about our bodies one thing that we love about ourselves and then something we look forward to the future and we all oh, listen like to each other because That's when good. we're, you know, when we're over talking each other, we're not really listening or, you know, you get the kids that raise their yeah. hand. And I'm like, if you're looking for something to say, you're not listening. Right. Well, and what's funny is, like I said, things develop, right? Like I have family lunch every Sunday now and we do as a family sit around and talk that we're all adults and we're all just hanging out. And so we have more conversations now, but when I was a kid growing up, that wasn't necessarily the same. So it's amazing how you can develop. Um, what I want is people to have those conversations earlier and younger and capture that when we have those pivotal time frames. Yeah. Um, because we are seeing puberty hit at about eight, nine years old, and we aren't seeing full brain maturation happening until they're 26, 27. And that's terrifying. So, yeah. yeah. No, I felt like for myself, I felt a huge shift at like 27, which was really weird. <laughs> I like felt it like I like watched it happen and I was like this is crazy like I feel like an Mm -hmm. actual I feel like I'm adulting now (laughs) totally totally I mean I lived on my own until I was 27 I had lived on my own since I was 19 but I still didn't necessarily I kind of still felt like I was playing house you know what I mean so absolutely yes well I feel like we've been really vulnerable already (laughs) with all of this which is awesome um but vulnerability Brene Brown the best I had two I had to pick two she says vulnerability is the core the heart the center of meaning the meaningful human experience which I love and then she also said 
Um, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage are not always comfortable, but they are never weakness. Mm. Wow. Oh. I know. One of my favorite things that she says, I read in one of her, her book, Dare to Lead, was unclear is unkind and mm. clear mm. is kind. Mm. And I took, I've taken that with me forever. And when I'm confusing people in my life, um, that's unkind. <laughs> and so I just find that it's, I love it. Yeah. I even, um, I started re-listening to um, her book, Vulnerability. Uh, I can't remember the end of it. I just started listening to it again. It wasn't really a book. It was more like her series. Did you watch that? Yeah. And she has it on Audible now. Yep. Um, and this is totally kind of getting on a tangent too, but she was talking about how um, you've, have you listened to it? Not the whole thing, no. So she kind of like started talking about how um, this family was going through something and her, one of her kids passed away. There was four of them. One of her kids passed, mm -hmm. the family passed away. Two of them went to war and one of them didn't come back and then they lost their house. And she asked like what the family must've been going through and, you know, had everybody say, you know, like sadness, like anger. And then somebody said opportunity for connection and they kept going on. And um, she was saying like that did happen over 9-11 and this scarcity that America was going through and like yep. still was going through 11 years later. And I just found that listening to that yesterday, that part so interesting because I feel like we're in a sense back to that spot again. Yep. 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 We can let crises bring us together or pull us apart. Mm -hmm. And that's really our decision, right? Absolutely. And that's why at the beginning of the pandemic, you saw families actually talking again. The sales and drivelogue went down during the beginning of the pandemic because they were, they were spending time together. They were hanging out. They didn't need my cards to help. But wow. then whenever we prolonged it and it was like, oh, now we've been here for six months. Now I don't want to be around my family. Now I'm tired of the everyday. And that's where I started seeing sales go up. So it's just been really interesting to watch that wavelength. Yeah, that that is really interesting. And, you know, with that, so I did it. My kids are all younger and yep. I was going to kind of go into some of um, some vulnerability for myself, creating yep. that space. Um, so I have twins okay. and um, they've both we've had them tested for different things. And yep. um, my one of my twins, she has um, ADHD and dyslexia and I'm I really am convinced that there's some kind of like autism or Asperger's to that. Her, yeah, sure. her twin as well has ADHD and defiance disorder. Oh, wow. ODD. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it can be a little wild in my house. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you're a saint. Yeah. yeah with four kids. Um, yeah. and my, I have a bonus daughter as well, and she's also eight. So we have three, eight-year-olds running around and 11 year old. And like, to be very honest, it's just a shit show, but it's fine. It's a good yeah. time. It's crazy. Listen, sometimes you have to just keep your head down and just keep shoveling it. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, Oh, you're grown up now. It's so weird. That's amazing. I know. I sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're eight. So that means that I have 10. I I just I take my parenting so seriously. I'm like, I only have yep. 10 years left. You know yep. what I mean? Like they could yep. leave and I only have 10 years to go. Yep. <laughs> but there it's my one of my girls has um she's struggled recently um with some like getting picked on and bullying at school. 
Um, yep. She's she's had some. She's she had a friend who was close and there's a group of girls who have been, you know, picking on her really like I, I that's just what yep. it is. And saying like they went up to this girl that was her friend and told her that she couldn't be friends with my daughter and yep. that the friend said to um, my daughter that like, oh, well, I'll just pretend like I'm not your friend around this girl. And it's been, you know, escalating and we've, yeah. you know, we've had multiple conversations with, you know, the principal and the teachers and, um, yeah. you know, I, it's just, it's devastating, like as a parent yep. and yep. It, it, to not know what to do. And then yeah. also, you know, even my oldest, she went up to this girl and I found out that day, <laughs> like, course, you know, when she got home, she's, she's like, protective. I went up right she's like i went up to her and well she actually handled it really well she was like hey like you you know it's not okay to like treat somebody like this and she like asked her like are you okay like is something going on with you at home because i like it i like this kid <laughs> she's great she's awesome yeah. but um yeah with that you know she the other girl went and told on my oldest and got her in trouble and she, i don't think my daughter did anything wrong you know i'm like no, no. i'm like it's good <laughs> so there's a couple things that are going on. Do you want my input? Is that what you're asking? Okay. Yeah. I just want, again, to open the conversation. Yeah. What do we do as parents? How do we help the kids, you know, in the situation yeah. where we know that hurt people hurt people, right? Totally. And there's a couple dynamics at play. So number one, you use the word bully and that's an overused term that we've thrown around in education. Okay. We have a zero tolerance bullying policy, but no one can tell you what that means. Um, because it's confusing. And so I use the definition that bullying is there's drama, there's bullying, and there's harassment. And they're all three different things, and they aren't the same. And so drama is where you've got like what your daughter is experiencing is unfortunate, but it sounds like it's just girl drama, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no power differential. It's not like they're, there's a kid who's homeless at school, and they're all picking on that homeless kid. That's bullying, right? Because there's an obvious mm. power shift. There's mm. some uh, just kid with a disability. I mean, we're, we're encroaching that because of your daughter's challenges, but definitely there's that, right? And then harassment is where we add this idea of danger. So it's this idea of getting beat up. It's the idea of getting, you know, go kill yourself. You don't deserve to live. That's harassment. That's like, and you can have where it starts one and it builds up, but we need to be clear about where we are. And for kids who are in that drama cycle, I tell parents all the time, uh, the worst thing that we can do as parents is, or one of the worst things we've done is we've taken the locus of control away from kids. So we've said, tell adult, tell an adult, tell an adult, tell an adult, because you can't handle it. You can't handle it. And that takes that power away from our kids. Mm. And we should be empowering them, right? right. Go talk to them. Ask them what's going on. Ask them what, like your older daughter. Perfect. I would say um, if the school wants to get her in trouble, well, that sucks. But you know what? Yeah. You did a great strategy. You used your voice. And that's what I want kids to do more is use your voice. Say, hey, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be friends with you. And I'm going to sit somewhere else because right. I know my worth and I deserve better. So I'm going to do that. Like that's what we want kids to be able to do. And we have to role play. We have to teach them the words. We have to practice with them. And then we have to send them out. And we have to watch them fail. And that is super hard as a parent. And yet, yeah. 
The number one thing is we remove every obstacle from our kids' paths. And the number one thing our kids need is more obstacles in their path. Yeah. You wonder why you are resilient and why you are the way you are. It's because you had to face crappy things in your life. But if we remove all those crappy things from our kids, they're never going to grow up to be empowered like we are. Absolutely. So we have to walk alongside them and cheer them on. And we can say, how did it go? Did you use your words? How did it go? Let's talk about it. We practiced it last night. Did you do it? Okay, maybe we could try this. All right, let's try this. And we become their coach. We don't become their star player. Yes. No. They should I, be their own star player. I absolutely love that. And I think for, you know, what I guess what would you say? Because I do feel like I rep I I feel like I represent that for my kids. You know, I yep. tell Zyla that, you know, you we talk about boundaries and what, you know, again, Brene Brown talks about marble jar friends, right? Like we that's how we yeah. use our term in our house of creating marble jar jar friends. And when you have somebody who continues to choose, even she said yesterday that she took accountability. She said like, oh yeah, they're still picking on me. She's like, but I also like bug them too, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I want them to play with me. So I keep going back. So it's like, right. you know, and you know, of course I encourage. Go ahead. And then we're, just, and then we're uh, setting up for codependent behavior, right? Like, oh, it's okay. They're making fun of you. Just keep going back. And it's like, no, it's not okay. Yeah. And you can stand up for yourself, but also if you still want to go, you can, but just know that you have that ability because we don't want to create um, a system where our kids seek out that type of friendship. Yes, absolutely. That's and I how, think that's how we have bad adult relationships. <laughs> yeah. And I like, you know, again, I keep saying like, to me, it's like, where is the line now? And again, first time parent to a bunch of them. <laughs> It's yeah, like where got a plethora. I know. So uh, I really have my hands full. And I'm gonna I'm have to come to... over for dinner sometime and just like hang out. I love going to family dinners with families because I get to watch the kids' interactions. And I, you know, I taught high school for so long and I love kids. So it's always funny to kind of see and be like, oh, all right. There you <laughs> go. And then I get my fix because I actually don't have any kids of my own. So. Oh man. I, you would come in to my house and probably be like, okay, so like dinners now we're going like it's, no, it can get, but yeah. So where is that um, line, you know, where we, I feel like right now I'm at the point where it's like, Hey, I've, you know, explained to you like how to, um, you know, talk about not continuing to go into that kind of relationship. You keep choosing to do it. So, you know what I mean? Where is the line of being like, oh. So for me, the line is when we start seeing a a very drastic change in behavior. When my kid stops coming out of their room, when my kid stops talking, when my kid is crying, looking at their phone, when my kid, you know what I mean? Like when I start seeing those behavior shifts, that tells me it's gone from a problem um, or a struggle to a really big problem. Mm. And for me, that's when mental health is a concern. That's when... um, you know, physical harming, um, cutting, that kind of stuff, purging, all of that starts to kind of show up because then they're trying to fit that mold. So for me, um, those big giant shifts are really where I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. So what can, as long um, as she's still talking to you about it, as long as she's still talking about it, as long as she's like, well, I'll try again tomorrow or whatever. And she's her same self. We're good. It's when right. all of a sudden some another person shows up in that kid's body 
and you'll recognize that as a parent. That's yeah. when you go, uh, we need to actually like now something else is going on. Yeah. No. Is there anything, um, you know, not in my situation that you would just want to add to any of that for other parents or encourage them or resources? Yeah. So I actually, I'm a big fan of finding another trusted adult in a kid's life. So like you heard me mention growing up in youth group with Andrea, um, I had people, adults in my life that weren't my parents that I felt safe to talk to about things. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. So an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a grandparent, someone else in that kid's life who loves and cares about them, who is a trusted adult. Um, Because to be honest, there are things they're not going to want to talk to you about because you're the mom. And so having that like support somewhere else is crucial in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So getting them involved in hobbies, getting them involved in, in different things where they can find that is great. Yes. And also distraction. If you get them off their device, we can't just take their phone away. We've got to replace it with something else. So replacing it with pottery, replacing it with painting class, or my niece right now is in a, uh, uh, sewing club every Saturday she goes and like learns how to sew and like that's great for her because if you're not on your phone and you're just sitting by yourself in your room that doesn't go well for you mm, yeah that doesn't, doesn't go well, go for, well me. for me and I'm yeah. a, I'm a grown-up <laughs> yep I know I've been I've been trying to be very like particular about my time now especially because my work is so much centered around social media now I'm like oh, I have yeah. to have some like really strict work boundaries Tell me about it. I was a, I'm a motivational speaker by trade. I've given a TED talk. I teach people how to give TED talks. Like I am a public speaking co- uh, uh, professor at Phoenix College and Rio Salado. Mm-hmm. And so I have to do a lot of social media work and it's yeah. the worst. It is the comparison game. Yep. That's why I stopped following all my CrossFit athlete friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm really into fitness, but I'm really into fitness pizza and a fitness body. So that's great no I tell people all the time if people aren't serving you even on Instagram get rid of them so definitely so what are you doing right now where can we find you yeah you can find me a couple places drivealog.com obviously um, is my game you can also go to adamleebrooks.com that's where you'll find a lot of my speaking stuff um, consulting I'm doing some work right now where I'm building an accreditation program for the Arizona Child After School Excellence Program. So any after, before and after school programs, um, helping them get accredited so that they work on character, they work on the social emotional goals. So I'm helping them build that right now, which is exciting, so yeah. That's awesome, great. And I actually was a writing coach, so I helped Aaron Lehman, Andrea Lehman, Andy Lehman, Angie Lehman. I helped their parents, John and Deborah come out with a parenting book that launches in May. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to link called, all of those yeah. things. Yeah. That's I'll send amazing. it to you. It's called embracing amazing. Wow. How they raised three kids who are amazing. Yeah. Um, and if you know their family, you want to know their recipe for success. You and that's do. what this book is. So they are so, yeah, they're contagious for sure. Yep, they are. They are. Yeah. So that's just, a little, that's a little plug, but yeah, besides yes. that, I'm just hanging out. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I yeah. I can't wait to talk again. I appreciate you so much coming on. Um, not even knowing who I am or my podcast and just well, now we're best friends. So best you can friends. reach out anything you want. You have my thank number, you so. so much. Everybody go get yeah. his app drive a log. I cannot speak highly enough. Thank you so much, Adam, again. And yeah. thank you, everyone. Keep showing up, my friends, and I will too. See you next time. Thanks, friends, for listening in. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you'd like to be more involved in our community, hop over to Instagram and find me at Abigail Levisi. Keep showing up. I will too. See you next time.